Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. For endless days, we will sing your praise. I like that song. What a great message and song. If you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 6, we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We are camping on the model prayer, the disciples' prayer, the Lord's prayer, whatever you want to call it. We are looking at it verse, or really phrase by phrase because it's not a prayer that you're supposed to just repeat. It doesn't hurt to repeat it, but Jesus didn't say repeat this prayer. He said in this manner, like this, include this in your time of prayer. And we've already looked at our Father and the relationship that we have with him. He uses the term Abba, our Father, our Dad, a relationship. Unless we get too casual with him, he says, who art in heaven? The sovereign ruler from the throne, from the, the one who created the universe, our Father God. He is our God. And then he goes on to say, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're talking about prayer. Someone has said that many Christians offer their prayers like sailors use pumps on their ships only when they're leaking. Maybe you get into trouble and that's when you begin to pray. But I want to tell you as a follower of Christ to be obedient to him and to experience the communion with God and to open up heaven's blessings, you've got to pray. You want to pray as Jesus prayed. We're at a phrase that most people do not understand. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. How many times you, you've memorized the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, but, and you say, Our Father, which art in heaven, or who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You don't even think about hallowed be thy name, but did you know this is the first petition in this prayer? Now, a petition is when you're asking God to do something. There are six petitions. The first three have to do with God, and the last three have to do with man's needs. But we're praying, God, would you please hallow your name? Now, it's interesting. When children are learning the Lord's Prayer, they get some phrases wrong. They misunderstand. They even misunderstand some of the songs we sing. It's interesting to see it through their eyes. For example, one little girl was having a hard time, and she would always make up her own interpretations, and she basically said, Our Father, who art in heaven, how do you know my name? <laughs> One little boy got it this way, Our Father, who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. And finally, one even said, Our Father, who art in heaven, who hollered my name? Hallowed be thy name. It sounds strange, doesn't it? Hallowed. It's not a word we use very often. 
In fact, it reminds us of about the 12th century. You can just picture some archaic word that reminds us of secluded halls and distant chants. And when you say these hallowed halls, you can almost picture a, a medieval monastery where old men come, strumming, come strolling through with their long robes and carrying some kind of incense and they're chanting some kind of sad sound and and since we don't know what it means, we very seldom think about it when we pray, and we sure don't ask God to hallow his name because we don't know what it means. Now, we like to get to that part where it says, give us this day our daily bread. We've got that part down. <laughs> but we're asking God to hallow his name. What does that mean? Hallowed. First means that we come sacred in our approach. The word itself means holy, hallowed, holy, sacred. We sometimes talk about the hallowed halls of ivy referring to some universities. Sometimes, very seldom, do you hear the phrase, the hallowed halls of Congress. That has to be a figure of speech. Because very seldom does anything they do be very sacred or holy. Abraham Lincoln used this word in the Gettysburg Address. Several days or a few months after that pivotal battle in the Civil War in 1863, he's standing on the battlefield where so many men, regardless of what side, the blue or the gray, so many men had lost their lives, shed their blood. Here's what Abraham Lincoln said. We cannot hallow. We cannot consecrate. We cannot dedicate this ground. Why? Because the battlefield of Gettysburg has already hallowed or made sacred, but was already hallowed and made sacred by the brave men who fought and died there. To hallow something means to treat it as sacred and holy and worthy of our highest regard and respect. It's nothing that we take casual. So the phrase is basically this, Lord, may your name be treated with respect and honor because your name is sacred and holy. Now, we hallow God's name in our approach in a couple of ways. First of all, through our recognition. Names mean something. In the Bible especially, we communicate sometimes history and tradition and family heritage. Your name has with it a history and a heritage and traditions. You carry your family's name. It means something or it's supposed to. Now, in the Bible, names meant something. Adam, for example, means man. Eve means life giver. Abraham means father of multitudes. Jacob means deceiver. Petros or Peter means rock, which was a reference to his rock-like faith. And in the Bible, a person's name identified his character. If I, if I mention the word Hitler, all of a sudden you're thinking things because that name stands for a madman that lived many years ago and killed millions of people. I can mention other names. If I mention the name Mother Teresa... 
then you then you constantly you, you completely change you go to somebody who dealt with a lot of people in poverty and things of that nature names can mean something you recognize it and one way to hallow something is to take something ordinary and turn it into something extraordinary sometimes we put it this way the relationship with the ordinary makes it extraordinary sort of reminds me of the man who entered his mule into the Kentucky Derby and when the guy said, there is no way that mule is ever going to win the, the Kentucky Derby. And he said, I know, but the fellowship and relationships with other horses will do him good. <laughs> you and I cannot take the name of God and make it holy. You know why? Because it's already holy. You cannot make God more holy, and you can't make God's name more special than it already is. I cannot hallow the name of God, make it holy any more than I can paint the sky. God's name is already holy. Hallowed be thy name means that we cannot make it any greater than it is. We are simply recognizing it as the name of our Creator our God. It is holy. God's name is holy. We also hallow God's name through our reverence and our respect. What pops up on your mental screen when you hear the name God? What do you think of when I say the name of the word God? What do you think of? A lot of us, it depends on who we are and how much we know, but a lot of us would bring up images of the accounts in the Bible, how God created the world out of nothing and how he parted the Red Sea and for the children of Israel, how he caused the walls to come tumbling down at Jericho, how he allowed the stone that David threw to kill Goliath, how he shut the mouths of lions so that Daniel could get a good night's sleep. We know God through the things he has done. We know God through the things that we hear, the stories we read, and the accounts in the Scripture. God's name represents his character and his reputation. So when we lift up the name of our God, we are thinking about God. We're thinking about all that he is. If you take your concordance and you look through it, you're going to see that the name of God is mentioned all through the Bible. Let me give you a few examples. Psalm 8, 1, how majestic is your name, O Lord. Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of our God. Psalm 23, 3, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalm 25, 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. How about this famous verse? It's found three places, Joel 2, 32, Acts 2, 21, Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It embodies his character. That's why the third commandment that's recorded in Exodus says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So to take God's name in vain means to take it lightly. 
to take it flippantly. It's the exact opposite of hallowing God's name. To hallow his name means that we give him the first place in our thoughts, in our affections, in our lives. It expresses a desire to honor him by our words, to honor him by our lives. We can give an example of how the, the, uh, the ancient Jewish scribes, and they had such a reverence for the name of God. For example, they would not pronounce his name. In fact, the word Yahweh comes from two different names of God. They took, the, they took derivatives of the two names and made the word Yahweh. Many times they would never even say his name for fear they would say it incorrectly and be guilty of Exodus 20, verse 7, where it says, you'll not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Jewish scribes who were engaged in copying the Scripture, before they wrote the name of God, if they, they were copying Scripture and they came to the name of God, they would stop and go wash themselves and then take a, an entirely different quill and write his name. And then, after they had written his name, they would destroy the quill so that it could not be profaned by a lesser word. Many times, instead of referring to the name of God, they would just say, quote, the name. They wouldn't say God's name. They would just say, the name. And to come before the throne of grace in a flippant, jovial manner is to forget who we are talking to. You would not go into the presence of some dignitary, somebody famous, somebody that was important in a jovial way, would you? You would come in with respect. And when we come into the presence of the Lord, we need to come with a spirit of respect. God is not your buddy He's not one of the guys. And I know sometimes we sing about the friend of being a friend of God. And what that means is that God loves us enough that he saved us and we are his children and he is the friend of sinners. But God's just not one of your buddies. He's God. He's the creator. And when we come before his presence, we desire to honor and to worship him. We come before him with a burning desire to lift up his glorious name. If nothing else, when you pray, you should come first of all to enter into his presence to say, Lord, I love you, I will honor you, I worship you. It's an attitude of reverence and respect. And so when we come to God in prayer, we first recognize who we're talking to. And we come with reverence and respect. Amen? Amen. We're sacred in our approach to him. It's a big deal. <laughs> now, it's not to scare you away from praying. But I want you to understand the honor and the privilege you have to come into the presence of God. We sort of come in with the attitude, you know, even when you come into worship. Now, I know God does not live in this building. You know that. He didn't, he didn't live in this room. 
But we gather in here to worship and honor him. That's why we're here. But isn't it amazing how many people, first of all, don't even come. They don't give a rip about honoring God. And another thing, then some people come in with the attitude, let's get this over with. Hope he didn't preach too long. Hope the music's what I want to hear. You know what, folks? Music's not about you. It's about God. Every song you sang today was about the name of God. It's about him. It's not about you and me. Believe it or not, this church doesn't revolve around you. It doesn't revolve around me. I, I just hurt your feelings, I know. But, but when you come in here, you come in here with the attitude, Lord, I'm so grateful to be with all these other people who've been redeemed. We're going to honor you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for who you are. I honor and worship you. I'm not here to get it over with. I had a man tell me that one time. I'm so glad you all have an 8 o'clock service. My wife and I like to come and get it over with. I'm sure, I'm sure you've really added to our worship service today. <laughs> Hallowing God's name is also shown in our actions. God has given you a, his name. You bear the name of God. You're a child of God. You have been redeemed. You're a Christian, a Christian. You bear his name. He's given you a name. Our lives represent his name. So in this petition, God, may your name be hallowed. May your name be reverenced and respected. So we do that two ways. First, in our conduct. No prayer could be more appropriate than in the society we live in. One thing is certain about the world in the 21st century, God's name is not being hallowed today. In the early church, the Christians were thrown to lions. In too many cases today, we've joined into a limited partnership with the people who own the lions. God's name is not hallowed when over a million babies are killed through abortion every year in America. God's name is not hallowed when drugs are sold like candy on the street corners. God's name is not hallowed when homosexuality is celebrated as natural and normal. God's name is not hallowed when the divorce rate nearly equals the marriage rate. It's not hallowed when we laugh and giggle at sex on TV when instead we ought to blush. It's not hallowed when God's people think nothing of attending filthy movies. It's not hallowed when we take God's name in vain and laugh at dirty jokes. It's not hallowed when we cheat on our income tax and we joke about it or we expect our leaders to lie and are surprised when they don't. We, his name is not hallowed when spiritual leaders fall into sin and our hearts are not broken. His name is not hallowed when Christians keep quiet in order to avoid persecution on the job or we secretly envy sinners who do things we are forbidden to do. His name is not hallowed when the Bible has become a closed book 
and prayer a heavy burden or we tithe to the mortgage company instead of to the Lord. His name is not hallowed when Christian teenagers are encouraged not to consider missionary service or his name is not hallowed when we value the approval of others more than we do the approval of God. His name is not hallowed when alcohol consumption is winked at and the standards of yesteryear are derided as illegalism or we gossip about the sins of others instead of mourning over our own sin or we criticize our brothers and sisters for failing to live up to our own expectations. God's name is not hallowed when we hold grudges for days and weeks and months and even years. A few years ago, a major news organization... A few years ago, a major news organization reported on a survey that, was, that compared the ethical and moral behavior of American Christians to the rest of the population. At the end of that survey, it found that there's no substantial difference in the ethical behavior of those who call themselves Christians and the general population. The world can get a little more churchy, but the church seems to be getting more worldly. And if Christians took the name of God seriously, then the people who don't care about God would probably take us more seriously. Do you reveal the name and character of God by the books that you read? Hallowed be thy name. By the music that you listen to, hallowed be thy name. By the habits that you practice, hallowed be thy name. By the places you go, hallowed be thy name. Too often we pray so carelessly, hallowed be your name, God, but not in my business, not in my finances, not in my leisure, not in my friendships, not in my sex life, not in my thought life, not in my speech, not in my daydreams. And then we make excuses. Well, Lord, I just can't hallow your name at this one place in my life because I'm just too weak and it's too hard and that's just the way I am. We all have areas that we try to hide from God. But I want to tell you, here's the acid test. Whatever you're involved in, can God put his name on it? Can he sign his name to it? Hmm. A lot of times we have gray areas. Well, the Bible doesn't say I can't. The Bible doesn't say I can't. Well, the better question is, can God sign his name to it? And if he can't, you need to stop. You and I bear the name of our Heavenly Father. It's really that simple. Let me put it in another way, in the form of a question. What can the world conclude about God by watching your life? If they get their image of God by watching you and me, what are they going to conclude about God? Not only is God to be hallowed in our conduct, but also in our conversation. All of us are guilty here. Let's just get it out here on the table. What I'm about to tell you, we are all guilty of. We take his name in vain. Oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. 
Jesus. Jesus Christ. You ever heard people say that? Oh, you know, there are a lot of derivatives. So those of us who are more spiritual, we, we use derivatives of it. You're, not, you're going to love this. Oh, my gosh. That's a derivative of God. Jeez. Gee whiz. And i got to confess to you, I've said, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's just as, it actually is quieter than I expected it to be today. <laughs> I'm, I'm convicted about this just like you. There's nobody, there's nobody in here that's going to pass this test. We need to be careful what we say. We do. We, we really need to think about what we say, don't we? We've all done it. And when we do that, we don't treat God's name with respect. That's what it amounts to. It's no big deal. Let's use God's name as an exclamation. We need to be careful what we say. Not only is God's name hallowed in our attitude, sacred in our approach and in our actions and the way we live and talk, but we also pray, hallowed be thy name, that his name would be sanctified in all the areas and associations that we're involved in. We're praying that God's name would be holy. God, would you please be holy? Let your name be holy in our community. Now, now think about that. We're praying for God's name to be holy in our community or in our world. We're asking God to hasten the day when he will prevail. When he will prevail. One of these days, the glory of God is going to fall on this world of darkness. We're praying for that day. God, may your name be reverenced and made holy in our world. May your righteous character be seen in the world so that men and women will respect you for who you are. May your name be made great so that your creatures will give you honor and respect that is your rightful due. And when we pray for the hallowing of the Lord's name, we're also praying beyond our own lives. We're saying, God, may your name be honored around the world. It's a missionary prayer. We're praying that the other nations would respect and uphold and reverence and honor God. May your name be made holy in our world. What a difference it would make around the nations that they would come to the knowledge and salvation and understand your kingdom. We're praying that God's name would be hallowed in our world, in our community, but also we pray that it would be hallowed in our church. I love to hear you sing about the name of the Lord. Psalm 7, verse 17. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness 
and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Aren't you glad God doesn't listen to the voice? He looks at your heart. A lot of people think the music is, is just to make the service last longer. It's the commercial before the message. No, it's not. You see, God puts a song in the heart of the redeemed. The world can't sing it. I'm not talking about your solo voice here. I'm talking about the music that's in your heart. Only the, the song of the redeemed is such a different song than the world has to offer. We sing about the name of the Lord. We, we lift up the name of the Lord. And may you and I never forget who is the head of this church. It is Jesus. And we lift up the name of the Lord. And when you lift up the name of Jesus, he draws people to him. Folks, when, in our church, when we sing and when we praise and when we pray, we want his name to be lifted up. When people walk in here, they, sometimes they sense, they say, you know, I, I just sense the Lord here. You know why? Because his name's being lifted up. That's why. When people come in, let's, let's honor the Lord. It's all about the heart. It's all about the attitude and in our church. But not only that, but I want you to think about something that has to do with your conduct. Jim Henry was the pastor of First Baptist Church of Orlando for many years. Now the pastor is David Youth, who was a colleague of mine in, in school. In fact, his wife, Rachel, is, was in my youth group as a youth pastor. We go back a long time, but Jim Henry did a marvelous job at First Baptist Church of Orlando for many years, and he tells the account of a new Christian who came to him while he was pastor, and this new Christian who was a new member went to a Sunday school class and met some young men, and later they invited him to come to one of their houses for a time of fellowship or what they called penny ante. He told the pastor when he got there, they were playing for $100 bills. They had their booze, their cigars and cigarettes and their dirty stories. He said, they were, they were in my Sunday school class. And this baby Christian was shaken to the very roots of his life when he looked at those men whom he had admired and respected. He had seen them at church and in his Sunday school class, and he thought that represented godliness until he saw them at this informal gathering acting like pagans and heathen and as a result he started going downhill spiritually and at that time he said he's still headed that way Jim Henry said I'd like to grab some of those guys and say look at him because of your defiling of the name of Jesus Christ in your life you've turned his life around the wrong way now listen folks there's nobody perfect here we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. That's, we know that. This is a hospital for sinners. There's nobody perfect here. 
But don't you think for a moment that your job is over when you walk out these doors here in a few minutes and you leave this place. I've done my duty. You still carry the name of Jesus. You carry the name of this church with you. And those of you who, th who think, well, I, this place is so big, nobody knows who I am. I'm <laughs> wrong. Somebody watching every one of us in here. I promise you, somebody's watching you. God knows your name, too. So, folks, we need to think about when we're hallowing God's name, we want it to be hallowed in our church. It doesn't mean you're going to walk in, you know, chanting in some uh, minor key. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to come in. You're coming in with the expectation, I'm so glad to be with other people of God. I'm so glad to be in a place where Jesus' name and God's name will be lifted up and honored. I'm so glad to be in a place where the music will focus on God. And his word will be taught. It will be lifted up. But don't think for a moment that it's over when you leave because then you carry his name out into the community. There are people on your job watching you. They're listening to your conversation. Some of them know that you go to this church, so they form an opinion about Southcrest based on how you live. That's a scary thought, isn't it? But most of all, I'm not worried about you honoring the name of the church I want you to honor the name of the Lord, which in turn you'll honor his church because Jesus gave his life for his church. So today, <laughs> did, you, did you ever say a bad word and your mom washed your mouth out with soap? <laughs> that only happened one time with me. I didn't let her hear him after that. <laughs> If I want them to know that in the next service, I'll tell them. <laughs> no, seriously, maybe today we just need to ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse us. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sin, God is the one that's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can know him today. He will forgive you no matter what you've done. He will forgive you. He'll give you eternal life. He'll give you a new life in Christ. Put the Holy Spirit, His Spirit in you. He'll begin to help you control your tongue and, and show you the actions that don't seem to be in, in keeping with the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you today confessing our sin forgive us Lord for not hallowing your name in the way that we live and the way that we speak we pray that your name would be holy and respected in our world and that you would magnify yourself. And, Lord, we look forward to the day when you come and your glory will be seen all through the world. But right now, you've chosen us to be the lights of the world. 
the salt of the earth. So, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for the times that we've been so casual in using your name and approaching you. We just, we just sort of haphazardly come like it's no big deal. So, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. When we come together, together, together on Sundays and other gatherings, Lord, help us to come with an expectation of meeting you, not just passing the time. I thank you for this church and for its love for you and for the love we have for each other. And we know we're far from perfect, far from it. But thank you for your forgiveness and love. And we pray that you would continue to bring people to be a part of this fellowship. Lord, help them to see the importance of it being a member somewhere. Pray for those who need to profess you publicly by being baptized and not be ashamed of it. Lord, there may be those that are calling to the mission field or you're, you're calling out of certain circumstances. I pray that you, your name would be honored and glorified in, in, in our lives today. So we come asking you now to speak to our hearts, to show us the areas of our life that are not hallowing your name. You can't shine your name to it. Help us to stop it or to start whatever we need to be doing. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information, to make a commitment, or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.